0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GBC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple, to love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Alrighty. You doing okay tonight? Let's get the temptation and the hope that there's a crop and a harvest that's coming down the road, right? And so, when it comes to planting seed, there is the expression and the operation of faith. But not only that, you also have to resist the temptation to fear. Because whenever you're sowing seed, whenever you're planting, there's always the possibility, always the opportunity to ask the question, what if? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if it don't come in this year? And there's all these questions that can come that can produce fear as a result of the seed that's sown. So once again, when it comes to you and I, we'll have to appropriate faith when it comes to sowing our seed to say, God, I'm planting this seed. I'm sowing in faith knowing that you said that there is a harvest. I don't know how it happens in between between the planting and the harvesting. I just know that you're working. And then the other side is that we're going to have to be in, intentional to not be into fear or get into fear to wonder about or be concerned about the sowing of the seed because if I sow the seed, then maybe I won't get a harvest, right? All right, in addition to that, when it comes to the side of consuming your seed, when it comes to consuming your seed, One of the temptations is, is because of the seed that I have. Now, again, we're liking it unto somebody that's physically planting seed, but also seed concerning our financial giving into the kingdom of God. There will always be the temptation to consume your seed. And the thing about consuming your seed from the standpoint of that which is reserved to sow is that you never see the results in the immediate present time, right? And why is it that you desire to consume your seed? Because right now in the present moment, I'm hungry. Or right now, I want something. Well, oh, right now, you know, this is what my flesh desires and craves and what I want to do and what I want to experience and what I want to buy. And so, therefore, rather than understanding that there might be a portion that is set aside or that God is leading as a portion to sow, I consume my seed, and if I consume my seed, how many of you know there's not a harvest on seed that is consumed? Right? And so as a result, we'll have to be careful or really purpose to put our flesh into subjection or tell our our flesh to shut up at times. Because there's going to be times that I want to just eat my seed. I'm hungry. And in the immediate present circumstance, I never see the results of it other than the immediate gratification, right? Oh, that made me feel good. I went shopping and man, I, I just, man, I look cool in this new thing, right? Or I, I went out to dinner, and man, we just had a meal. Woo! Praise the Lord. That was good. And I'm feeling satisfied in the moment because I fed my flesh. I consumed the seed. But it isn't until later that I realize, you know what? There's no harvest because I ate seed. Amen? Does that make sense? And so there's a number of things that were looking at from the standpoint of reaping a harvest. Why? Because there is power in the seed. Now, I said to you that most people today don't farm for a living. There might be the occasional individual that does. But today, most people plant seed or plant a garden just out of a recreational pursuit, right? I mean, there might be individuals in here, you know, you plant a garden every year, and, and the whole reason that you plant a garden is just because at the end of the season, you know, man, I've got some corn, I've got some cucumbers, I've got some tomatoes, maybe I got some squash or green beans or something, and so I, I, I do it just kind of recreational so that I can enjoy the fresh produce at the end of the season, but I don't do it enough to where I'm actually making a living off of it, right? I'm just doing it out of recreation. I can't. Provide a lifestyle. I can't make a living on that. And here's the reason why. Because we enjoy the benefits of the fruit of it. But when we look at the big picture, we really don't want to put the time, the effort, the sweat equity, or put in the weight to really plant a big crop, do we? Why? Well, why in the world would I plant a huge garden go to all that effort, having to tend to the garden every week. I've got to water it. I've got to weed it. I've got to, man, I've got to just mess with this thing all the time when I can go to the store right now and get my cucumbers, right? I mean, they've got frozen corn that's just as good as corn off the cob, and I can go get it right now, right? And isn't that what ends up happening? As a result of our immediate wants and desires, we consume it right now because we don't want to put the effort into the sowing of the seed and the tending to it and the waiting for the harvest when all I have to do is get it right now, right? And so, if you think about it, as people, what we have done is we have really just become self-sustained people, right? I mean, when it comes to having a need, I mean, I'll just get what I want. I mean, shoot, if I don't have it, I'll just get a credit card, and I'll go get it. You know, man, if I got a job, you know, I'll just see if I can work some overtime and just, uh, you know, miss a couple weekends, miss a couple Sundays, you know, and I'll just save up enough money so I can get it, right? And what do we end up doing? If that is our mentality... Of, I can do it, I can achieve it, I can acquire it through my own efforts, and in addition, I'm not a sower of seed, then what I've really done is I've set myself up to be my own God. I trust me. I don't trust the kingdom system, I trust me. You know, all the while God says, I want to be a God. I believe it's Isaiah 46 and Isaiah 41. The Bible says, I will be your God, and I will sustain you. I will take care of you. But yet we've come to this place in our life where we have just said, God, I'll work extra hard. I'll take out a credit card. I'll pay for it today, or I'll get it today, and I'll pay for it tomorrow. And what we've done is we've removed God from the equation and saying, God, I don't trust the system. I don't trust your way of doing things because I want to consume it now. Amen? Amen. You're awful quiet out there. Am I stepping on toes or are you just like listening really good? <laughs> All right. Listen to what Deuteronomy says. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. He says, and you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant with his, uh, uh, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Once again, notice what it says. He has given you power to get wealth so that he might establish his covenant. And so we might read that and say, see, right there, it says it. God's going to give me power so that I can have strength to work the extra overtime, that I can do what I need to do. See, it's right there. But that word power is not translated as strength. The actual word is translated as wealth. So in other words, to read it accurately, it would say, I, God, give you wealth to get wealth to establish my covenant. So you're like, well, then how in the world does God give me wealth? Well, the first part of your functioning in the system of God's principle is obviously through the tithe, right? Now, the tithe is God's system of increase or the beginning of it. The tithe is 10% of your income, right? Now, just a show of hands, how many of you, when you got born again, when you asked Jesus into your heart, you received that statement that says tithe is automatically withdrawn from your account? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> No, none of us have ever received that statement from God and says, okay, by the way, now that you're in the kingdom, now that you're my kids, the tithe is the system and I automatically take that out. No, he doesn't. Now, the scripture says very clearly the tithe belongs to God. So it belongs to him, excuse me, but God gives it to you. He gives the wealth to you to say, okay, I'm entrusting you to do that part. I'm giving it to you, and therefore, if you'll honor me with it, then I'll bless you. Now, you might say, well, that tenth or that 10% is a result of the job that I've worked so hard for. I've went to school and I've slaved and got the education so that I could have the job to pay me the money that I have. Listen, anything that you have did not come from you, did not come from your wisdom, did did not come from your strength, did not come from your pedigree. It came from God. Amen? Everything. And you might say, well, if that's the case, then my McDonald's job isn't really good. God, you need to step it up. It don't matter. If there's increase in your life, God has blessed you. And therefore, he says, now, what I have blessed you with, now you honor me with it. Now, once again, just to establish the principle of everything belonging to God and coming from God, I want you to do an exercise. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to say out loud, praise the Lord. Okay? But when I get to three, make sure you hold your breath. And while holding your breath, say, praise the Lord. Okay? Are you ready? You got it. I'm going to count to three. When I hit three, you say, praise the Lord. But when I hit three, you hold your breath, but still say, praise the Lord. Okay? Ready? One, two, three. I didn't hear you. So you couldn't praise the Lord without breath. So the very breath that you have comes from God. If it wasn't from God, you wouldn't have the breath to breathe. And so, therefore, you, you can see that you can't do anything in of yourself right so therefore he says I've given the tithe to you to give back to me to honor me and when I do that and when you do that he says I will bless you amen then he also says not only that he says I will give you seed to sow in 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 it says this it says now May may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. So, that means everything else is an opportunity for it to become seed. And if you'll allow yourself to trust God, say, God, I need some seed to sow. God said, I will provide seed for the sower. So listen, if you want to be a big giver and more importantly, if you want to be a big harvester, just ask God for some seed. What's that going to look like? I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe it starts out with $5. And it's just a matter of, okay, God, I'm going to plant some seed right now and just believe God for the increase. You know, I've shared with you multiple times of how God has stretched me in some areas just over the years. But I remember one of the biggest stretches that he did for me was over $5. And I was at Bible college, and I remember we were at uh, exaltation at, at uh, Bible college. I'm, I'm standing on the front row. We're just worshiping God, and I look over and I see this young guy two rows over. And God says to him, says to me, He says, "Give, give him what's in your wallet." And I'm like, God, I don't have anything in my wallet. He says, "Give him what's in your wallet." And I'm saying to myself, and I'm saying to God, I'm saying, God, I checked my wallet this morning, and I don't have any money in my wallet. And a third time, God says, give him what's in your wallet. And so I took my wallet out physically with attitude, showing God, and I flipped my thing open, and there's a $5 bill in there. And then I started wrestling with God again. I said, well, God, I said, it's only $5. What's he going to do with $5? The $5 ain't going to do nothing. And God said, give him what's in your wallet. And so after exaltation, I went over there, and I said, you know what? I said, it's not a whole lot, but God told me to give you what's in my wallet. And I said, I got $5. And I said, so I just want to give you $5. He's like, thank you. Now, I don't know what he was believing for, but maybe he was believing for $5. And therefore, as a result of having a $5 seed within my wallet, I was able to invest it and plant it into his life. And maybe that $5 was the beginning of his faith walk and trusting God. I don't know. But it's a matter of being faithful. What can you trust God for? Now, you might say, well, God, I believe God for a million dollars. When you give me a million dollars, I will give it all away. Listen, if you've not given $100 away, don't be asking God for a million because you'll never give the million away if you ever had it, okay? So, again, just just saying, all right? (laughs) You got to be realistic where your faith is, right? You just got to know where you're at. So, anyways, God's going to take you through those little things of just growing and trusting him. Amen. So when it comes to this aspect of tithing and giving, the first time that we see tithing is really with Abraham. Now, do you remember Abraham? God told Abraham, he says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He says, I'm going to use you and through your seed, he said, all of the lineage of my family is going to come through you. In fact, Jesus is going to come through you because you are the father of many nations. And the Bible says that Abraham gave a tithe, a tenth of all that he had, to Melchizedek. Now, again, when we look in the Scripture in in Hebrews, really, Melchizedek represented Jesus. But he gave a tithe to Melchizedek. Now, after that, the blessing of the Lord came. But once the blessing of the Lord came, see, the tithe will produce the blessing in your life. But the seed produces the increase or the harvest. Because after he gave the tithe, you know what God asked him to do? He says, listen, Abraham. He says, I need some seed now. He said, I need you to give me an offering. And Abraham says, okay, what do you want? He says, give me your son. Give me your seed. And you know what he did? He said, okay. If you want my son... If you want that, I'll give it to you. I'll give you that as an offering. And as a result of that, that was what established the covenant or set it in motion for what God had promised to him to come into fruition. Now, you know the story that he got up there and he was going all the way through with it to take take the life of his son. And this is what he said. He says, God, I know what you've said to me. I am willing to give this offering to you. But listen, you said through this seed would come all the generations of this world. So I don't know what you're going to do. You'll either raise them from the dead or something. He said, so therefore, I'm willing to trust you in this seed because of what you said. Right? All right, let me bring your attention to Romans. Romans chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. I'm going to jump around here just on a couple of verses. But verse 3, it says, For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, if we drop down uh, to verse 13, it says, "For For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So it was acquired by faith. All right, it goes on to say in verse 14, it says, For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Verse 16, it says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those that are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So he said, God said that Abraham had faith or exercised faith because God was faithful to the promise. And therefore, he acted accordingly. And because of that, he did not have to fulfill the taking of his son. It was accounted to him for righteousness because of his faith. Amen? All right. Now, with that being said, if you think about Abraham in that moment, here he has his son, and God is asking Abraham for the seed or for the offering. Did you see that Abraham had to see beyond the immediate present circumstance and see to what God said? Because whenever you sow seed, whether it's the farmer or whether it's you giving of your offering, you're going to have your immediate situation to contend with. There's a lot of rain right now. There's been so much heat. There's a drought in the land. There's been a pestilent that is destroying crops or I've got a bill right now and right now is not a good time to sow seed right now and therefore I have every opportunity to look at my immediate situation but as with Abraham he said you know what God (laughs) this is my boy but God you said and so I'm not looking at my immediate situation I'm looking at the promise of what you said would be amen are you seeing that and so whenever we're sowing seed or giving you'll have to look beyond the immediate now think about this think about Abraham for that matter when it came to Abraham the Bible says that he gave a tithe so when it comes to a tithe the tithe is the 10% so really he knew what he was giving right When it comes to us as individuals that are tithers, well, you know what? I I have to exercise my faith to be a tither, but I always know how much it is. It's 10%. But now, God asked Abraham to give a seed. What do you think took greater faith for Abraham? Do you think it took greater faith to give the tithe or to give the offering? The offering. Because the tithe, he knew what the tithe was. The offering was something that stretched his faith beyond what he could see. But that's where the harvest is. It's real easy. Now, once again, don't misunderstand me. It still requires faith to be a tither. It still takes faith to release faith in the blessing that comes with the tithe. It takes faith to see beyond and not think that the tithe is mine. Do you know what I mean by that? Because it's real easy to say, well, I, I'm, I'm a big giver, man. I gave X amount of dollars. Well, if it was your tithe, you didn't give. You just tithed. And that belonged to God. So it will take faith to see that the tithe doesn't belong to you. But then when God takes you beyond the tithe, it will require more faith to be the kind of giver or the sower that God is looking for because it will pull you out of your comfort zone. Amen? But if I know that God is faithful, that upon sowing seed, he said seed time and harvest, he said when I sow the seed, he says I don't know how it happens in between, but when I sow the seed, there's coming the time that it's time to put the sickle to the field because it's ready for harvest. And I need to know how to release my faith for the harvest. Are you tracking with me? Amen? All right. So God is stretching us to see the power in the seed. So if you've ever sown seed, if you've ever been a giver, and if, you've just, if, that, if that seed is just laid dormant in the ground, then tonight is the night for you to call and put a demand on the seed that is sown and release your faith And start calling in the harvest. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Galatians chapter 6. Give me five more minutes and we'll wind this down. Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 7. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So listen, when you give offering, it is a spiritual operation. It is not natural. It is a natural exchange, but it is a spiritual action, if that makes sense. If you recall, the Bible says in Hebrews, it says when we give tithe, it says men receive it here on this earth, but it says Jesus receives it there. Well, how does Jesus receive tithe in heaven? Because when you tithe, it's a spiritual partnership. And so when you sow or you give of your offering, the Bible says it is a spiritual principle in operation. And God says, if you don't grow weary, you will reap. So I'm telling you what, I've sown seed over the years, and it's time for harvest to come in. But the cool thing about it is, is that I'm reaping harvest today from seed sown way back when. But when I get to next week, it's like, oh man, it's dried up. Oh no, it's not drying up because I've sowed seed. And so therefore, this week, I've got harvest for this week. And a month down the road, and a year down the road, I've consistently sowed seed so that there's consistently harvest coming into my life. I will not lack. I will not go without. My kids will never go without. Why? Because God is faithful to His Word, and therefore because I've honored God in my tithe, in my seed sowing, that He will honor me in the harvest. And so therefore we'll never go without. Why? Because God is faithful. Amen? All right. So... We talked about for a moment just those individuals that sow or plant a garden in their, in their yard. Have you ever noticed that, and, and I know there's an exception. I was thinking about this earlier. But I don't believe that we have ever, maybe rarely, have ever seen anybody take their entire yard and turn it into a garden. Right? I mean... You don't go to drive them down the road and see something. Well, they got corn growing in their flower beds. And then along their driveway, they got the squash growing. And then over in the corner of this part of their yard, they got the pumpkin patch and everything else. And there's, there is no lawn because the entire piece of their property is this one big garden. We don't see that, do we? What do we see? People that typically plant the garden for recreation, they'll just take a little piece, a little corner of their lawn, and just sow there. And therefore, the little bit of sowing there has just a little bit of return, right? Well, why is that? It's simply because we don't have the ability to see bigger. We don't have the ability or we're Not, we don't have the revelation of God's goodness and faithfulness to bring in the harvest. And so, therefore, it prevents me to see bigger. And therefore, it prevents me from sowing bigger. Why? Because all I'm going to do is plant this little corner of my yard. But if we knew just how easy it was through God's principle that I can live off of the way God designed it to be, it would cause me to say, God, where can I sow seed? Where can I plant? Where can I become a giver so that you can bring the increase? Amen? If I always do what is just simply recreational planting, I'll never have the capacity to live off of my sowing. I'll always need something else to sustain. Now, there are hard working people, and so don't misunderstand. But have you ever seen those individuals? Typically it's it's the mom, the single mom. You know, they've got this job, that job, you know, they're working three jobs just to sustain themselves because they're a single mom. I can tell you that there is not one single mom that says, you know what, I really enjoy working three jobs. It's hard, right? But that's what we end up doing when we don't trust God in the principle of the sowing of the seed. It's like, God, i got to help you here. God, i got to help you here. God, i got to do this. God, i got to do that. Now, I'm not talking about being good, faithful stewards and being hardworking people. I'm just saying that if we don't learn how to trust God, we will consistently always try to help God or do X, Y, and Z because there's always a shortfall. But when I learn how to trust God, God brings it to pass. Now... In closing, if you recall, Jesus, he said, I believe it's over in Mark's gospel. He said, he gave the parable of the sowing of the seed or the word of God. And he said, whenever the seed is sown, he said, there are those that, you know, get trampled underfoot. But then he makes this statement. He says, and then the birds come. And the birds eat the seed. You realize that whenever you're sowing seed, the enemy is going to send birds along the way to eat your seed. It might be that they're just flying over your head. And so your thoughts are going crazy. Like, dear God, I hope this works. God, I don't know if I can trust you, right? Brother Hagin always said, you know, if the birds fly over your head long enough, they'll make a nest in your hair, you know? And that just simply, again, if you let the enemy fly over your head long enough, he'll come to roost. He'll, he'll, He'll come home, right? So how is it that we combat the enemy that comes to try to steal our seed. In verse 17 of Romans chapter 4, where we were reading about Abraham, the Bible says concerning God and the promise that he made is that God called those things that be not as though they were. So how do you exercise faith when it comes to your seed? When you sow seed, you activate the seed by the words in which you speak. God I thank you that the harvest is on the way. I thank you that the money will come. I thank you that my bills are paid. I thank you that my stocks and bonds, Lord, they're grown exponentially because I'm a giver. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, my business is increasing. Why? Because I'm a giver. I thank you that I've got favor coming in, going out. Why? Because I'm a giver. God, I thank you that my seed is anointed and you said that the harvest is coming. So, God, I thank you that it's on the way. And when you activate your faith through your words, what it does is it begins to activate and germinate the seed that's sown. Amen? I've said to you just about this building. I've had people say it to me a number of occasions. We're raising money, right? $60,000 is, is that threshold of having the 80-20% uh, the as far as the mortgage. And I've had people say, how are we doing? I said, well, praise the Lord. We're getting there. You know, they want to know, are we, are we doing real good? I'm, we're, we're getting there. Are we almost there yet? We're getting there, praise the Lord. And then you have people say, well, what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't is not in the equation? It can't be. It won't be. Why? Because we are givers. We are sowers. And whether you've sowed seed or not, We have sown seed. This church is a tithing, giving church. And therefore, there is seed that is in the ground. There's a harvest that is just upon us. And so there is no question of what if. What happens? What if it don't? It will. Because God has called us for such a time as this. And the seed is producing a harvest. And so my words activate the seed. And so... When it comes to closing time, I just know that I've got the favor of God. We've got the favor of God, and it's all going to work out. The money will come. Praise the Lord. Amen. Why? Because God's faithful. Amen? Amen. All right. Did you learn anything tonight? Did you get anything? Anybody?